Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh my goodness. Thank you for coming back. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming back. Um, my goodness. God is so amazing. God is so wonderful. And I am blessed and honored to be able to come back and speak with you all about the things that God has placed on my heart to say. And then also uh, what we have been working on during this time off. Welcome back. We are in season two and we are in episode one of Conquering Me podcast where we discuss the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. And during this season, I want to specifically focus on the words of Christ. We will have some guests throughout the season, but not a lot, right? Because the Lord had to check me on that. At first I was like, oh, I'm about to call on almost everyone that I know who is wise and who loves the Lord and who serves and stuff. And the Lord had to immediately say no. I was like, oh, God, I want to get other people on the podcast. And and so in that, there has to be strategy. But the Lord, but the main thing that the Lord showed me is that you will not hide behind other people. I'm like, Lord, am I still trying to hide behind other people? <laughs> These are the conversations that I have with Jesus, okay? Jesus will say, Jennifer, you still trying to hide behind people. And I'm like, who, me? Not me, Jesus. I thought I was doing your will. You are, but you still try. I'm like, okay, let me stop trying to negotiate. And that's something that the Lord hit me hard with. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I am done trying to negotiate with you. I, I was blessed to have this wonderful, wonderful revelation of the Lord showing me through a preacher. This is one, a, a, a wonderful preacher that I've uh, followed and I've listened to him several times. And his name is Apostle Joshua Selman. He is a Nigerian-based pastor. And it was a clip of him preaching. And, a, and a, God just gave me this wonderful revelation about the kingdom. And he was breaking around, breaking down the kingdom of heaven. Um, and, you know, in this passage of scripture, when it says, that kingdom come, that will be done here on earth. And he began to say that in a kingdom, it is not a democracy some of us are used to living in a democratic society where we feel like our vote or our words have more say so than the king himself and we know that christ is our king and so i had to really evaluate like oh my gosh i approach christ like that like i would hear the lord tell me something and the holy spirit is guiding me and i'm like oh but what about this way? Because I've taken a very natural mindset over into my spiritual life. And I just told the Lord, I said, I am done trying to negotiate or try to have this political conversation <laughs> with the Lord for, you know, for the best way of describing it. I just want to honor my King. I just want to do what you have called me to do. And knowing that I am not only a servant of his, I'm also his friend, a friend of Christ, but also I am his child. So as a, I remember back in the day as a kid in church, they would say, I'm a King's kid. So being a child of the King, I am automatically a part of this wonderful, wonderful kingdom where I have so many blessings. I have the favor of God, the favor of man. But am I just really saying when the Lord says, Jennifer, do X, Y, Z, am I really fine with it? 
or am I trying to figure out a way to do it in a way that feels more comfortable to me, right? So during these past six weeks, God has really been dealing with me with so, so many things about myself, which I'm grateful for. I always say I'm grateful that the Lord exposes me to me. Um, so the Lord really showing me who I am and some areas of growth and areas to where he's saying, yes, I'm pleased with you. Like some of us need to hear the Lord say that and be open and accept that the Lord is pleased with you. It doesn't mean that you become settled in this area, but you're like, oh God, I thank you for you found that you find pleasure in what I do for your namesake, right? So the Lord has been dealing with me, but one thing specifically that God has been really placed on my heart and this is why the last podcast of the first season I left with Jesus be the center be my center and it's really about Jesus being the center of our lives God is showing me that some of us really do not have a full understanding who Christ is and I'll just be open I'm still learning the fullness of Christ I will not sit here and say I know all angles of who Jesus is and everything like that like I'm constantly discovering who he is I love that I am a forever student of God and I always want to be a student of him I always want to be at his feet learning more and more of him understanding more getting a new revelation from a scripture maybe that I have read a thousand times and a Lord shows me something different because now I'm in a different season, right? When you're in a different season in life, you can now see and understand things better or in a different perspective, right? So I am grateful that the Lord is teaching us, but in this and teaching me specifically, but in this, we need to understand who Christ is and what Christ actually said and how his character was and how he moved. Because I feel like a lot of us are um, emulating what we saw in the church from maybe the previous generation who we love and respect, but we don't know if they are truly following Christ. I believe it was Paul who said, follow me as I follow Christ. Some of us don't know if our leaders are following Christ because we don't know who Christ truly is. Maybe the leader is following one version of who Christ is. Because there are, if we read the Bible, God, Christ moved in a lot of various ways. It was all holy. But some of us get very stuck in a certain view of who God is, right? So... God wants me in this particular season, season two of conquering me is to truly, truly focus on the sayings of Jesus. And I have a feeling that the Lord is going to have it to carry on into the other seasons and we'll go more and more in depth of who Christ is, but to really study the word of God and discuss the words of Christ and how do we move in that? Because at the end of the day, it is great that we know what Paul said, what Peter said, what other other disciples have spoken, even the story of Noah, know the story of Moses, who is, uh, was such a great man and know the story of Abraham, the father of faith. It's great to know all these things, but I need to know, and we as Christians need to know above all of that, who Christ is. I don't know, some of you may remember the movement that was some years ago of WWJD. What would Jesus do? And it was a great reminder for us to take a pause and to say, wait a minute. Okay, I'm about to do something that may not be Christ-like or say something that may not be Christ-like. But 
did we really take time in that moment? I wonder. Now, some people may have, but I wonder if people said, you know what, what would Jesus do? And they said, well, wait a minute. Do I know what would Jesus do? <laughs> Let me open my Bible and see how would Jesus respond in this moment? How would he do this in this moment? You know, um, so I want to really, really this season focus on our Lord, our Savior, our healer, our redeemer, our restorer. Jesus is so many things. He has so many titles. He has so many roles in our life. And I want us to discover that. And the more and more we discover Christ, the more we discover who we are and the power that resides in us. And today, specifically on this first episode, God wants me to uh, speak about mourning. Mourning, what did Jesus say about mourning? when we have lost a loved one and I'm going to, and I know some people, and I've said this before, and I know uh, not everyone likes this, but you can mourn other situations outside of a specific death. You can mourn your marriage. You can mourn a career that you put all your hopes and dreams in, right? Um, you can mourn maybe your dream home. You've lived here and now all of this is gone. You can mourn your former identity. You can mourn relationships that have ended. It could be relationships between family, between be, between friends, not just a spouse, but you can mourn that and be so sad and broken over that. But I want us to go into the Beatitudes. Matthew 5 and 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And I thought to myself as I was reading this, and the Lord wanted me to concentrate on mourning. First, the Lord wanted me to concentrate on mourning. And what he was giving me is because of the season where we are coming out of. People have lost so much. They have lost loved ones. They have lost jobs. They have lost incomes. They had to relocate their family because where they were living was no longer affordable. When I say relocate, like literally people are moving to states they have never visited. They have no friends, no family, but just because they need to have affordable living. They are uprooting their whole lives for a better one. And that takes time to adjust, right? We don't want to take this, these things lightly. But I said, Lord, why are you saying in this? And this is Jesus teaching. And this is part of the Beatitudes. Jesus is teaching. I believe this is on the, um, the Sermon on the Mount. And he tells us, blessed are those who mourn. And I said, well, why is it a blessing that I'm mourning? So a perspective that the Lord began to show me is, first of all, when you mourn, that means you had an ability to love something very, very strong, something or someone beyond you. And when that is no longer there, or when you had to give it up, let it be willfully give it up or unwillingly. You had to give it up. Now you understand a separation. So let's go to a different perspective. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God had to give up his son, his one and only son, because he loved us so much. 
And yet he had to see, he knew that one day Christ would have to die for us, die for our sins. And so we can't act like God was not just sitting up there just so happy seeing his son persecuted, beaten, uh, beat down, all of these things. But God made a decision that I am going to give up my one and only. He lost his one and only for a moment for us to be restored to a rightful place. When we have lost something, we understood it. When I'm mourning, mourning is literally you are crying. Your soul is hurting. It is not just like, oh my gosh, I lost a penny. No. You are now, your whole, you have to now to readjust this new, to this new life that is without, without this person without this identity that you have, right, had. You have now readjusting and you have loved it so much. So now you are taught what it means to be loved or to love to a place to where I have loved something so much and now when it's gone, I am crying and weeping. Blessed are those who mourn Blessed is still the favor of God upon you. It is still a gift to mourn because the Lord says, for they will be comforted. And I want to put this little caveat in here. When we ever come across someone specifically within the body of Christ, when we come across anyone who has lost a loved one, the best thing that we can do scripturally is to mourn with them meaning empathize with them, cry with them, sit with them. Don't try to hurry up and try to get them out of that mourning process. I see it so often and I've heard it so often where people will say, you know, uh, that person wouldn't want you crying like that. They wouldn't want you falling out and doing all that other stuff. And I get the intention because you really want them to, I guess, feel better in that moment. But the Bible teaches us to cry and it says in Romans 12 and 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So if you are mourning something, God has given me now an opportunity to be sympathetic to my brother and sister in Christ. Now God is using you. The Holy Spirit is using you to be a comforting tool for that person. Now here's the thing. I'm not talking about, you crying harder than they crying and falling out more than they falling out. No, it is because, <laughs> you know, there are some people who go a little bit too much. They do too much. But I'm talking about really sit with them, with your brother and sister and say, even if you don't truly understand, you're asking the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is our number one comforter. But asking the Holy Spirit, God, come into me to help me Comfort my brother and sister in this season of mourning because in Ecclesiastic, it does talk about mourning. There's a time and a season under the sun. And one of the seasons that it talks about is a time to mourn. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And it is kind of confusing. Like, God, why is it a blessing? God, are you giving me an opportunity to understand what your heart was like when you gave your only son and to see your son die for us? To see something that you love so much and you gave it up. You gave it up 
for it to be taken away. Blessed are those who mourn. It was not easy losing my father. When my dad passed away a couple of years ago, that was not an easy decision. None of us wanted that. We wanted our father to give, to stay at least another 15 years. But it was his time. And we mourned. We cried and we mourned. And we still miss him. We laugh a lot. My family, we laugh a lot about a lot of things that he said and did. And we see ourselves as, as his children. We see him in us, right? And we see all the things that he has taught us and we see his characteristics. But it says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And we found our comfort through the spirit, through the love that we shared of our father and through the love of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, Jesus was telling the disciples that when he was gone, when he dies and when he rises again, he's going to send a comforter. So this is for you if you're going through mourning or if you know someone who's going through mourning. You have to say, Holy Spirit, be their comforter in their moment, in this moment. God has a beautiful way of allowing us to feel his peace and joy in the midst of some of the most trying times. In that moment, he's letting us know, contrary to popular belief, I know what you are going through. Remember when Jesus wept? The Bible talks about when Jesus wept, he was talking about Lazarus. Lazarus died and he was sitting there and he saw the sisters and people crying because he was now dead. Jesus died. He took a moment and he was so empathetic of what they were feeling. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Contrary to popular belief, God is not this angry God who's just looking up there and looking down at us and it's just like ugh, they just keep messing up there are moments I know where God I have felt the spirit of the Holy Spirit really just have me weeping in sadness because God is looking at his children and saying I want more for them why won't they just follow me and lean on me? It was like all these things I felt just so many times and I just felt the weeping of Christ, the reaping, the weeping of God. Have we ever thought about when we lose something that is so precious to us? Now we have this beautiful moment to feel more of what God feels when he has lost his son, when he gave his son, when his son died. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. I know it is challenging and it may be challenging to say, okay, how can I feel God when I've lost? And especially when it was an unexpected death or unexpected loss, how can I feel God, right? This is when we really have to draw on the Holy Spirit. This is when we have to say, I have so many questions in this moment, but I am hurting. Holy Spirit, I need you to come in. Jesus himself said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Even in our loss, we may not receive all the answers that we are looking for. 
We may not get the full understanding because sometimes when we have lost, especially have lost a loved one, it's a lot of questions of why. Why did they have to go? Why my child? Why my husband? Why my father? Why my mother? Why my, you know, all these why, 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 why? Why is all this happening? And I want to give this, this caveat out here. Be mindful of the why because if we stay too long on the why, the enemy can take the why and turn it into bitterness and anger and resentment. There's nothing asking why, because the Bible says, asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be open unto you. So you can ask God why of anything. But in it, be mindful how the enemy can take your honest and pure questions unto the Lord and turn it into something that makes you bitter and hopeless. We have to be mindful because remember the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his job. And he is always on his job. If you are asking the Lord, why did I lose these things? One of the things that he will do is try to steal your relationship through the, through the place and the lens of hope. If they become so frustrated and why they have lost, they now become cynical. Cynical people are different from people who are skeptic, right? Cynical people, I feel, are people who do not have hope that things will get better. Hope that I will receive an answer. Hope that I will gain understanding. Hope that whatever it is, the moment you become cynical, the moment you have lost hope. And the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's what it says. So what is sick? It can be uh, from a medical perspective. I'm pretty sure that maybe some doctors, and once again, I'm not a doctor. It could be now I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm bitter. I'm all of these things. It tears down your heart. So in it, when we have lost something, the first thing I want you to really, really ask God for is comfort. That's what Jesus was saying. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be. They will be. That is a guarantee. That is a promise that you will be comfort, comforted. And if you are walking with someone who has lost anything in any capacity and you see that they are truly in mourning, you pray for the spirit of comfort for the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter to come in and be that for them. Comfort them in the middle of the night. Comfort them as they go to work. Comfort them as they have to take their kids. Comfort, 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 comfort. Because I know of the past few weeks, just unexpected deaths. I was just like, what is happening? And these one gentleman in particular was a mentor of mine. His wife, they were expecting their fourth child. And then she posts that he dies. I'm like, what? I immediately begin to say, God, comfort her. Comfort her. Let your Holy Spirit comfort her. Let those who are around her have the spirit of comfort. Comfort her babies. Comfort the children. Pray for every individual that is around those people that God, your angels, begin to send comfort. And I want to have a spirit of hope specifically for those who have lost loved ones. And if you have lost loved ones and... This is what the Bible says for us as believers. This is what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Brother and sisters, 
We do not want you to be uninformed about who, about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For what, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of Christ, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, archangel angel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I want to encourage you. Specifically, those who have lost a loved one. And your loved one was a believer. First Thessalonians has given us hope. We do not mourn like others. We have hope knowing that first of all, they are resting with Christ. They are resting right now. And then when the trumpet sounds, they will be the first to get up. And then the rest of us, we will meet each other in the air to see our Lord and savior. There is hope in Christ. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed. They will find comfort in Christ. When I have lost something, God, I thank you for teaching me to be more empathetic. To number one, God, what was it like to lose your only son? Yes, he got him back. You know, Jesus was here before the form of the earth. Jesus was here in the beginning of time. But he chose to give his son to a dying world so that we may be saved. And he chose to see his son. He knew the destiny of his son was for him to die and be persecuted and crucified for our, for us, for us so that we may have eternal life. And Jesus said when he, before he was talking to his disciples, when I go, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit who is a comforter. So there's so many layers to it. When we mourn, I have now this ability to become closer with God. Maybe have a better understanding of what it is to lose something that you love so much. But yet I have hope knowing that I will be connected again with them, those who were believers. I will be connected with them through Christ as we are in heaven. And those of us who maybe have not gone through um, a major loss of any kind, ask the Lord to teach you how to be empathetic, how to walk with someone. We can't keep saying cliche words and keep saying things that are not scripturally sound. We have to allow Jesus to teach us through his wisdom and his words. He said that they will be comforted. And we know that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. So in that moment, if you never lost a loved one, never lost anything major in your life, I, I, hey, th praise God. So in that moment, you say, God, 
Allow the Holy Spirit to teach me how to comfort those around me who have lost and allow your spirit to rest, rule and abide in their household, in their environments, wherever they go. Because they are in a season of mourning. Let them see you. Because what the enemy wants to do is to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to get us distracted and blame God and become angry and upset and frustrated and all of these things. When God is saying, I am still here, even in your loss. You can understand me more and be more like me, even in your loss. But first, let's have the spirit of comfort to come in. I pray that you have received something. I pray that God has blessed you. I am so excited to be back talking to you all again. This is uh, episode one, season two. And every episode, we're just going to go into what Christ has said. Because the thing is, we have to be more like Christ. The only way for us to conquer ourselves is through Christ. Number one, are you saved? Just like I did with all the other podcasts, I ask for a call to salvation. If you do not know the Lord and Savior as your personal Savior, I want you to repeat after me. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died and rose for me. And that you are the true and living son of God. If you believe that, and if you have said that in your heart, you are now saved. We are rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. We are thankful. Please, please, please find a community. We have our Facebook page now. Join the community. Join the newsletter. There's so many things that we are doing where we just want to create a community of people who want to live Christ-centered lives. And we want you to rejoice and become better and grow in Christ. Period. And I want to have a special prayer. For those who have lost anyone or anything and you are still mourning, I pray that God begins to comfort you right now. And I pray that the wisdom of God is with you even during your season of mourning. I pray that he leads and guides you on how to mourn in a way that brings healing, but also glorifies the Lord. I pray that the enemy is kept at bay and the hands of protection of the Jesus Christ himself is over you, that the enemy will not taint your mourning season and that you will not stay in mourning longer than what you need to. Remember in Ecclesiastics, it says there's a time and season for everything under the sun. And there's a time for mourning and then there's a time for laughter. There is a time when God is saying, now that season is up. My prayer is that you do not stay in that season longer than what God has required of you. Because if you stay in that season longer than what God has required of you and desired for you, then this is when the enemy will come in. So we just thank God for the wisdom of him falling upon any of us that are still mourning a loved one 
mourning anything in our lives and that we feel that great loss and we walk in expectation for a fullness of joy to be our portion again. And we also walk in expectation that God in his timing and his season will give us understanding and knowledge of why we have lost what we have lost. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for you are our savior, our healer and deliverer. We thank you for being our comfort in the time of mourning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you all. It is so good to be back and I will see you all. Well, speak to you all. Not see you all. Speak to you all next Friday. Love you.